0: Make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, hopefully, you guys are having a great week. Uh, just me today. Um, I've had a rash of, uh, of guests bailing on me last minute <laughs> um, the last couple weeks. It's, it's just been a, a crazy, uh, busy week for a lot of the the people that we have on as guests a lot of them are journalists or, or editors at websites and you know all these people work in the world of politics and when there's a crazy news cycle um, you know they, they have to work long hours and then they have to clear their schedule and then, you know and do what the boss man tells them to do so <laughs> I, I totally understand um, but uh yeah so it's just me uh, no notes I'm kind of unprepared because um, I wasn't planning on doing a solo show but it's all right we're going to be uh, debuting our listener mail uh, segment here today. been teasing it for a while, but we're actually doing it, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, before, uh, before we get to all of that, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at 1776 United. These guys are my favorite conservative apparel company in the country. These guys are really, really great. I'm wearing one of their shirts right now. It's super soft. It's like wearing a giant hug, people. It really is fantastic. Um, you can check these guys out at 1776united.com. At wow. Having a weird day with words. Anyway, 1776united.com. Um, they have all kinds of, of awesome, conservative, patriotic apparel for both men and women. Any kind of shirt, tank, hoodie, anything, hat, They have all kinds of stuff. Not just apparel, too. They have all kinds of things. Um, Definitely check them out. I think you guys are going to really like their stuff. 1776united.com. Use the promo code gimmicks. Once again, that is the promo code gimmicks for 15% off of your order at 1776united.com. I also want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke, stop. Just quit. Quit smoking. Start vaping. It is way better for you. Uh, there's really no negative health effects. Um, Premier Vapor is the best in the business. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. They have any kind of tank, battery, mod, coil, anything you need for your vape setup, they have. Um, check them out at premiervaporandlounge.com. That's premiervaporandlounge.com. Uh, they will give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And if you're in northwest Ohio or if you're driving through the area, check them out in person. They have physical locations in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. Uh, And if you're not in the area, uh, you can always check them out at premiervaporandlounge.com. Please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud if you haven't already. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We would really appreciate that. Uh, And, yeah, if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, you can check us out on Patreon. Download the Patreon app or uh, go to patreon.com slash the podcast. You can contribute monthly over there, and there's some cool incentives Uh, if you choose to do so. One of those incentives is when we do have uh, listener mail uh, segments. Uh, If you're on Patreon, your questions are prioritized. They get uh, priority but not exclusivity. Um, I'll usually read those uh, questions first if you uh, contribute on Patreon. All right, so let me just jump into it. I'm not going to do a lot of current daily news punditry today. I just want to, you know, talk about some stuff that that's been on my mind. Uh, Glenn Beck, um, this morning on his radio program, uh, he he let off his program. I encourage everybody to check it out. I believe it's on iTunes. Uh, he was talking about how just everything in our society, everything in our culture, is politicized, and how that's awful and dangerous. Um, and politicizing everything really is a postmodernist you know, progressive leftist tactic, right? Making everything political is the easiest way to divide the country. And, you know, the easiest way to move us towards a socialist state is to have a divided country. And, obviously, the entire entertainment business is political. You see it at all these award shows. It's basically one, you know, screw Trump fest. You know, basically every movie coming out these days is political. Every TV show is political. Uh, sports, obviously. I mean, you're seeing what what what's happened to the NFL, uh every I mean everything is politicized. I mean I'm a huge Steelers fan. I talk about that all the time. And anytime I I, I post anything about the Steelers on game day, I see people talking shit about the Steelers. You know, like leftists hate the Steelers because they're not political enough, right? Because <laughs> last year, last season, in the middle of the uh, the kneeling controversy in in the NFL, you know, both you know Hall of Fame quarterback future Hall of Fame quarterback, Ben Rothsberger and then their, who's no longer uh, James Harrison, who's their former all-pro linebacker who's now retired. Uh, both Ben Roethlisberger and James Harrison said last year, you know, hey, the Steelers, we don't kneel for the anthem. So, you know, leftists hate the Steelers <laughs> for not being political enough, which is just madness, absolute madness. You know, I mean, people make everything political. When, anytime I, I go fishing and I take a picture of myself fishing or take a, a picture whatever I catch and put it on Facebook or Instagram or something, I'll get, you know, I always use the the hashtag uh, hashtag eat what you kill which is something I really believe in. It's just a a movement of ethical and and humane hunters and fishermen. You know, I I believe if you kill an animal that's your animal, right? You you better use that animal. You better eat it. You better eat every part of that animal that's edible. You know, don't waste anything. I'm totally against trophy hunting and trophy fishing. You know, so I'll, I'll put hashtag eat what you kill and uh i'll get like vegans like vegan (laughs) activists like calling me you know hitler for eating meat and stuff like that uh which is just totally ridiculous Either i'm totally for you know ethical hunting and fishing i I caught a uh, several years back i caught a a trophy largemouth bass down in alabama right outside of birmingham alabama caught a nine pound bass which you know for you guys that aren't fishermen that's huge you're really not going to catch a bass bigger than that you know unless you're fishing on, you know, somewhere like Lake Okeechobee in Florida. I, they have some real monsters down there. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But uh, I don't eat bass. They don't really taste very good. They're kind of more hassled than they're worth. And, you know, everybody that I was with wanted me to, to keep that fish and have it mounted, have it, you know, take it to a taxidermist and have it mounted. Because, I mean, I know semi-pro bass fishermen that, that fish for bass two, three times a week you know, all year round, and, and they've never caught a bass that big. That is a trophy fish. I'm never going to catch another bass that big, you know, nine pounds. But I threw it back because I, I don't believe in, in, you know, killing animals for a trophy. You know, I don't I don't believe in putting them on your wall, you know, unless you ate them first and I wasn't going to eat it, so I threw it back. And But they don't care. You know, if they, they see me post a picture of a dead animal, they, I mean, there's – people will go crazy and, and attack me for eating meat or whatever like they'll, they'll politicize fishing like f- fishing is now political you know what I mean you saw uh the creators of Burton Ernie which I believe is like that's Sesame Street right I believe that's like a like Sesame Street characters the, the creator of Burton Ernie came out yesterday and said oh yeah Burton Ernie are gay okay they're they're gay uh okay so now children's shows are are politicized which by the way Burton Ernie, are puppets. <laughs> they're puppets. Like they're not gay or straight. You know why? Because they're not human beings. Like you can't, like Bert or any. There's, there's no dick and balls down there. There's nothing. There's a complete lack of genitals. There are no reproductive organs or any organs because they're puppets. They're not people a puppet cannot be gay a puppet cannot be straight <laughs> like oh my gosh no bertner and he they do not have to be politicized it's absolutely ridiculous and i i just wanted to bring that up before getting to listener mail because I just hope look I'm, I'm really glad you guys follow politics obviously this is a political commentary show if you weren't into politics you wouldn't be listening so please stay engaged in politics please keep listening to this show and please tell your friends to listen to this show and obviously if you if you weren't into politics you would not take the time twice a week to listen to the show So I appreciate that you guys are engaged in the world of politics but I just hope that you never find yourselves in this position where you feel inclined to make everything political. You know, like when I'm watching sports, I'm watching sports. I don't give a shit if somebody kneels for the national anthem. I don't give a shit what LeBron James's views of President Trump are. I'm still a fan of LeBron James. I don't like I don't care like an athlete's point of view on politics, you know what I mean? And when I'm fishing, I'm fishing. Like I don't care what these leftist hack people on the internet say about the picture of my catch, you know what I mean? When I'm hanging out with my family, I'm hanging out with my family. You have to be able to turn it off. You have to be able to turn it off. Not everything can be politicized. Okay? Puppets can't be gay. <laughs> and you need to be able to turn off politics. So I hope you guys never find yourselves in that position where you're you you know you're constantly thinking in terms of, of right and left, you know, or Democrat, Republican, in areas of life that should not be politicized at all. So just if you ever find yourself thinking politically about things that are not inherently political, take a breath, take a break, and try to, <laughs> and try to get yourself out of that frame of mind because I think it is really dangerous and divisive and harmful for yourselves and for the country as a whole. Um, so let's do some listener mail. Let's do some listener questions. And I've been saying I'm going to start doing this for a while. I'm actually doing it. Um, I'm going to start with uh, uh, Patreon first. If you guys contribute monthly on Patreon, um, you guys get your questions read first. Um, And I didn't have that many questions today, so I'll be able to get to all of them, actually. But you should still check us out on Patreon. (laughs) It's the right thing to do. So um, first question is from Ty uh, over at Patreon. Yes, uh, you know, talk about three good things President Trump has done in office and three bad things. Um, so President Trump has done a lot of good things in office, um, and and some bad things as well. So I'll, I think I'll try to, let me think. I'll, I'll try to narrow it down to like the three best things and the three worst, maybe. Um, the the best thing President Trump has done as president has to be the judicial picks, uh, starting with the Supreme Court. Obviously, Justice Gorsuch is a tremendous associate justice of the Supreme Court. Brett Kavanaugh uh, will be um, an excellent justice on the Supreme Court, uh, no doubt in my mind. He will be confirmed, and I believe he will do a great job. Um, and all the uh, the district court picks, um, all the other federal uh, uh, judicial picks uh, Trump has put up, I haven't had a complaint with any of them. And that's the best thing he's done in office because the Supreme Court is—, is Extremely powerful. The Supreme Court is way more powerful than they should be. The Founding Fathers did not intend the Supreme Court to have this much power, and that's the doing of the left. The left has made the Supreme Court more powerful uh, than they should be. And they they basically encourage the the court to to be a super legislature, right? The Supreme Court has basically absorbed Congress and is basically doing Congress's job, which is wrong. I mean, the legislature is supposed to actually be the most powerful branch of government, um, but the courts, uh, the Supreme Court is is by far the, the most powerful body in government. And uh, that's the left's fault, but we're living in that world now, unfortunately. Uh, the cat is out of the bag, and I don't think we're going to uh, shrink the power of the Supreme, the Supreme Court anytime soon. So we are living in that world, and therefore, um, having originalist, constitutionalist justices on the Supreme Court is more powerful than it's ever been. And President Trump has done an excellent job at nominating the right people. Uh, Gorsuch has obviously been a superstar so far uh, defending the Constitution. And I believe Brett Kavanaugh will be as well. Um, So numbers two and three on the list of the three best things Trump has done in office. Obviously, I, I think I mentioned this. Early on, as soon as we started the show, we, we launched the show in February 2017, so like two weeks after Trump was inaugurated, and I said, look, all I want out of this president is to, one, cut my taxes, and two, keep us out of unnecessary wars. So that would be my number two and number three. I mean, he cut taxes. I don't think they went far enough. Um, I, I believe uh, Republican leadership is uh, working on tax cuts 2.0 right now. Hopefully that goes somewhere. Uh, I, I sincerely hope it does. Um but they cut taxes. They cut taxes on 85% of the country. Um, that is a great thing. I'm, I believe you guys probably are as well, but I'm already seeing the benefits of that. Um, and we haven't gotten into any more wars. I mean, that's the our previous two presidents, George W. Bush and Barack Obama, have been constantly getting us into unnecessary wars, one after another. Um, and President Trump hasn't. I mean, there's a lot of people, both Democrat and Republican, within the government trying to get us into a ground war in Syria. And they're not... They're not really hiding it. <laughs> they really want us to go in there, take out Bashir al-Assad, put you know quote unquote boots on the ground in Syria and and go through this whole regime change thing again. And thus far, President Trump has has trusted his instincts uh, and, and not let that happen. So uh, who knows we might invade Syria tomorrow and I'll change my tune. but I think the two most important things a president can do is you know cut taxes, let the economy do its thing on its own and keep us out of unnecessary wars, and President Trump has done both. And uh, the three worst things he's done in office, you know, I should mention another good thing. I know that's number four, and you only asked for three, but uh, another important thing President Trump has done has been attack the media. You know, he goes too far with it, you know, the, the press is the enemy of the people and stuff like that. He doesn't go too far with it, and usually he uses Twitter, which gets kind of annoying as well. But these hacks, these leftist hacks in the media, the mainstream media is nothing more than the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party and have been since the 60s. I mean, this is nothing new. And they've gotten away with it. They've beaten Republicans into submission. And President Trump gives it right back to him, justifiably so. I wish he'd be a little more presidential about it. But he does not let these hacks get away with anything the way they've gotten away with it for 50 years, and that is a good thing. I don't think that a President Ted Cruz or a President Marco Rubio or a President Scott Walker or a President Ben Carson, I don't think these guys would would fight the media as as effectively or as often <laughs> or as well as President Trump has. And it is important because these people need to be put in their place. They've been lying. They've been aiding and abetting the democratic party for decades and they need to be called out and Donald Trump does that so down now to the bad the bad things trump has done he, he lets the media bait him into defending indefensible positions and that's that's the worst thing he's done in office you saw it last week with the the puerto rico comments the, the media tried to and they they knew they would get him they knew they'd get him to respond on twitter and he did Uh, when they they basically tried to blame him for all the deaths after Hurricane Maria in in, uh, Puerto Rico last year, which, of course, it's not the president's fault. It's mostly the hurricane's fault when people die in a hurricane, obviously. Um, And, you know, a a Harvard study said that, you know, 3,000 people died in Hurricane Maria. I I don't know if that's true or not. If it is, it's, it's probably really not really the federal government's fault. It would be you know the hurricane's fault first and foremost and then obviously the Puerto Rican government is very far left and they're very i mean they're they're very corrupt um they're very disorganized uh so if if any additional deaths from a hurricane are on any uh on anyone other than the hurricane itself it's probably in the Puerto Rico government not Donald Trump I don't really know what the president of the United States can do aside from what he did but so they they say you know Basically, it's Donald Trump's fault. 3,000 people died in this hurricane. And Trump says, oh, no, 3,000 people didn't die. It was only, like, 18 people, which was, like, the initial uh, estimate, which obviously was was BS. A lot more than 18 people died. So Trump takes this position, and he tries to defend it, and it's just not true. I mean, it's obviously not true, and he got baited into defending this ridiculous position that doesn't even make sense, you know? So he he, just—he can't take the bait from the media uh, the way he does— uh, you know another another bad situation was after charlottesville when the neo nazis marched and then antifa showed up and they fought each other and a girl died and uh president trump he says well you know there's there's good people on both sides you know protesting and nope there was no good people on either side <laughs> and obviously you know like you know Dem- the democrats constantly defend antifa but that does not mean we sink to their level that's not mean donald trump should have sunk to their level no there was no good people on Antifa, the communists, or or the white supremacist Nazis, no, none of those pe- those are all bad people. they were 100 percent bad on both sides. So that was a that was a a very bad unforced error. Like I, you know, I, the the media just baits him into to taking these positions sometimes, and and he takes the bait. He needs to stop taking the bait. Um, let me think of another bad another thing I disagree with. Uh, the tariffs, the tariffs, imposing tariffs, um on all these different countries and products, uh, there's a lot of people on the right that are defending this, you know, and see the economy is still strong. I I get that the economy is strong. You know, stock prices are up, you know, job numbers are up, unemployment is is very low. GDP is something like uh, 4.2% growth, which is miraculous. But it's not because of these tariffs. It's in spite of these tariffs. I I, I think the economy would be even stronger um, if he didn't impose these tariffs. A tariff is just... A tax on the citizens of the country imposing the tariff. It is just a tax. So I definitely disagree with that. But there's been a lot more good than bad. There's certainly been a lot more good than bad. Uh, Here's another one um, from Twitter uh, asking me to explain why I believe that the Democrats will retake the House of Representatives in November. It's basically just the congressional, uh, the generic congressional ballot. And let me check uh, Real Clear Politics real quick. Let me find the current number. So right now they're showing um, a nine percent advantage, a nine point advantage for the Democrats on the generic congressional ballot, and that's just bad. I mean, there's there's 435 congressional seats. Um, the party in power, the party that takes the White House, typically loses about 30 seats um, in the midterm election anyway, uh, and the Republicans only have a 23 seat majority. So just Even if the generic ballot was even, that doesn't look good. Nine points down. It's very unlikely that Republicans maintain the House. On the bright side, the Republicans are most certainly going to retain the Senate. Um, There are a couple Senate seats that look a little shaky. Um, uh, Marsha Blackburn is actually down, running for Bob Corker's seat in Tennessee to the Democrat, the former governor down there, uh, by three points. Uh, she might be able to make that up, though. Martha McSally is actually down to a radical leftist Democrat candidate in Arizona. So those two seats look a little shaky, but there are several seats where Republicans are up big. Uh, Rick Scott is up uh, real big in Florida right now over Bill Nelson. Heidi Heitkamp, the Democrat incumbent in North Dakota, is down uh, 10 points to Kevin Kramer. Um, Claire McCaskill is down uh, two points to Josh Hawley in Missouri. So I would say that we have the Republicans have a one-seat majority in the Senate, 51-49. I think they're going to end up with 53, 54, uh, maybe even 55 seats in the Senate. So even if the Democrats do uh, retake the House um, and try to impeach Trump or whatever, he would never be removed from office because— you know, Republicans will still have control of the Senate. And as long as Republicans maintain control of the Senate, um, we can keep pushing through these judicial picks, both to the Supreme Court and to uh, circuit courts, um, district courts. So the Senate is definitely more important out of the two houses, but it it will be a giant pain in the ass if if and when Democrats retake the House because, you know, we're not getting tax cuts anymore. We're not getting basically any legislation passed, so... Not that we got that much passed anyway, <laughs> but it would make it basically impossible uh, to get anything through. Um, this is from James over on Twitter. Who's the worst president in United States history? Um, I, I think we've talked about this. I think I've, I've like debated people on the podcast before, but the worst president in history, I, I'd have to go with either Buchanan, uh, Andrew Johnson, or Woodrow Wilson. And you can't really go wrong with any, any of those three picks. Buchanan caused the Civil War by letting the South run wild and do whatever they want and expand slavery. He just didn't do anything about it. Didn't. He was so weak, he didn't have the balls to do anything about it. Andrew Johnson, uh, who took over after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, obviously, basically let the South do whatever they wanted again. That was not the plan. Um, Andrew Johnson letting the South run wild after the Civil War allowed them to you know, institute all these segregation laws and Jim Crow and all this, and that was not supposed to happen. You know, we're we're supposed to basically put them in line and and keep them from doing that, and that basically had repercussions that lasted, you know, decades and decades and decades. Arguably, we're still seeing the repercussions of that awful president now, and obviously Woodrow Wilson, not only was he a flaming racist who supported the KKK— uh, he also uh, instituted the income tax. Thanks a lot, Woodrow. Um, the income tax, which I happen to believe is unconstitutional, um, and and he he set us down this path, and he instituted the beginnings of a lot of you know socialist policies that were uh, ramped up um, by FDR, and and he really set the country down a bad path that we're constantly attempting to recover from now. So um, yeah, Buchanan, Johnson, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, all terrible, terrible presidents. Um, just horrible. I mean, horrible leaders. Uh, and they were all, uh, Democrats as well. (laughs) I mean, that's a, look at that common thread there. They were all Democrats. Not a whole hell of a lot of Democrats on Mount Rushmore, are there? Uh, not, not a lot of Democrats. Uh, all right. I'll take one more, um, from Dave over on Twitter as well. Um since Christine Ford is refusing to testify in front of the Senate, does that make you not believe her accusations? Well, I didn't really believe her accusations to begin with. I mean, obviously she has the right to be heard, but, uh, yeah. Um, she's refusing to, uh, Chuck Grassley, the chairman of the Senate judiciary committee, um, gave her an invite, uh, to testify next week in front of the Senate and give her, give her statement and, and, you know, make her case so we can hear both sides. And she said, no, (laughs) she said, no, she wants the FBI to investigate uh, the situation first. Her accusations against Brett Kavanaugh, obviously Uh, the FBI declined. They said, there's nothing to investigate. It's just a vague accusation from 36 years ago on something that may or may not have happened. And she doesn't remember who all was there, how many people were there. Uh, She doesn't remember where uh, the, the incident took place or when it took place. She just knows the year. Um, she can't even say anything past that, so there's there's nothing to investigate. There's no federal cl- crime, so if anybody was going to investigate, it, it would be a, a local government, it would be a, a, a county sheriff or something, um, not the FBI. Um, but and, but even there, there's, there's nothing to investigate. There's no evidence at all. So no, she's a she's just a political hack. She's donated lots of money, thousands of dollars to Democrats and to pro-abortion groups and, and so forth. Um, She's been to demonstrations and and marches protesting Republicans. Um, The Democrats knew about this accusation for months and refused to come forward with it until the last minute. This is all politics. This is about their hatred for Donald Trump. They don't want any of Trump's picks to be on the Supreme Court. So they're trying to obstruct and they're trying to push the vote back uh, until after the midterms, hoping they retake the Senate, which they're not going to. um, And then they can just not allow Trump to put anybody on the Supreme Court. So it's all about Trump. It's all about politics. The Democrats don't even believe this woman. Um, uh, Diane Feinstein, who broke all this news, even said yesterday, she said something like, you know, I don't know if, if she's being truthful or not. That's for the Republicans to figure out. So she doesn't even believe this woman, Christine Ford. And, yeah, to answer your question, um, yeah, refusing to testify um, yeah, that makes you sound a lot less credible. So that's all I've got for today. I'll be back on Monday. Uh, we have some great guests lined up for next week, and we're going to go way deeper into the Kavanaugh stuff. Um, I just wanted to mix it up, do a little bit different stuff today. But, uh, yeah, I'll be back on Monday. I appreciate you guys. I'm Brady Leonard. No gimmicks. <laughs>